0: This afternoon we, in the 56th chapter of Isaiah, the 10th through the 12th verse. And some of what I'm teaching will refer to what he said in the ninth verse about the beast of the field and about the beast coming to devour. Because some of the devouring beasts, some of those that he bring the judgment upon the church and the blindness on, upon the church is that of the blindness of the blind leading the blind and he had already in the preachers and his teachers warned his people of the false prophets or whatever there's a lot of teaching about the false prophets and false preachers throughout the Bible and we've admonished, been admonished and warned of them to beware of them uh, Isaiah 56 10-12 says Israel's watchmen are blind they are all without knowledge They are all mute dogs. They cannot bark. panting, lying down, they love to slumber. And the dogs are greedy. They never have enough. They are shepherds who have no understanding. They have all turned aside to their own way. Each one to his own unlawful gain. Without exception, come they say, Let us get wine and fill fill ourselves with strong drink. And tomorrow will be like today. Very great indeed. That's the Amplified Version reading of that scripture. The Living Version reads, For the leaders of my people, the Lord's watchmen, his shepherds are all blind to every danger. they are feather brain and have no warning when danger comes. They love to lie there, love to sleep, to dream, and they are as greedy as dogs, never satisfied, They are stupid shepherds who only look after their own interests, each trying to get as much as he can for himself from every possible source. Come, they say, we'll get some wine and have a party. Let's all get drunk. This is really living. Let it go on and on, and tomorrow will be even better. It's the prophet stating the condition of Israel's leadership. Visual shepherds and political leaders, and whatever position of authority of leadership, it was a scattered. It was a people that were being scattered. It was a people, a, a sheepfold that was in disarray. And uh, one characteristics of false leadership and false shepherds is that they scattered the flock. They scattered the flock. Jeremiah 23 and 2 says Therefore thus says the Lord the God of Israel, in regard to the shepherds who care for and feed my people you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not attended them. Hear this, I am about to visit and attend to you for the evil of your deeds says the Lord Almighty. Because animals that normally don't eat individuals that lacking a proper diet or whatever will wonder to try to find something to eat. Yeah. A lot of people are still to eat. They'll do whatever's necessary to eat. Some of the reasons a lot of people leave churches is because of improper teaching or preaching. They're not being satisfied. I'm not saying that's the only um, problem there. But that's one of them. That's that is a problem. And Jesus told Peter several different times, "If you love me, feed my sheep." Feeding the flock of God, but they almost they must be fed proper nutrition. Though yeah. sheep won't eat just anything. And His voice, if we're preaching and teaching the Word of God, they receive His voice. I remember. Brother Bazil was talking about why the people are not hearing the word, why they're not coming to listen. Well, there are various reasons and, and purposes that happen sometimes that people don't come out. But we'll still we are still to preach the word, and God giveth the increase, and God also allows things to go on. So we'll stay in prayer for communication with God hoping the problem is not on is with us. It's not with us. Uh, the sheep are led astray by false shepherds. In other words, there be different preachers, you hear tele, televangelists and different people that are witness or whatever you call sheep rustling or sheep stealing or trying to steal someone else's sheep or leading someone astray and We have to be aware of being led astray by something that looks good, and that's what happens to a lot of sheep that are destroyed or whatever because they become lost or something befall them, some illness or predicament, and that's the same thing with people. They get trapped in just by going visiting other churches and listening at other preachers and teachers. They... It's a subtle, sometimes a subtle moving away, and sometimes they hear something that appeals to some carnal interest or something within themselves, and it tingles. A, what, it, what can I say? It satisfies uh, their itch or whatever that 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 preaches. When it is scratch it's not scratching their itch. It's, it's they have an itch, and that preaching. The, the, the people have itching ears and the, what they're hearing, it soothes them and it's what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. So a lot of preachers don't preach fire and brimstone and repentance and really preach at the sheep or preach against sin because a lot of times people don't want to hear their faults and downfall and failings. They want to hear that they're doing wonderful and that they're good and they have favor with God and the good things about it. Jeremiah 50 and 6 says, My people have become lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray. They have made them turn aside to the seductive past of idolatry. Now that spiritual idolatry, not necessarily physical idolatry that was in the Old Testament of bowing down the statues and different things, but these are Maybe mamma of physical things that the, that have drawn the people away. And it's also spiritual adultery. And we know covetousness is idolatry. So, you know, it's greed. It says that greedy dogs that won't bog, And as the leaders are, so the people are. So, it says they have led them a church they turned aside on every mountain when they said they have turned aside on the mountains they have gone every one to sin from mountain to hill they have forgotten their own resting place when you hear mountain there it's talking about high places in the Old Testament was places of worship so when it says mountains and hills or whatever to different churches and they visit different churches and listen to different teachers or whatever but they're scattered, they're not rooted and grounded anywhere. Maybe they're searching for the right teaching and the right preaching, but maybe the problem lies with the sheep not being fully converted, not being a called sheep of God yet. Maybe they've heard the word of God, but they're in a vulnerable position. And that's a problem there. the. Shepherds also were praying upon the sheep. Praying, P-R-E-Y-I-E, P-R-E-Y-I-N-G, not eight. It says, Ezekiel 34, 2-3, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, The spiritual shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Woe, judgment is coming to the spiritual shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. In other words, these are the ones that they're listening at spiritually, whether it's the televangelists, whether it's their local pastor, their local leaders, but it's someone that's preaching, God's preaching, but they're preaching for self gain. They're preaching for prosperity. They're teaching for prosperity. So this is a self-centered, a self, self-will motive, not that of Christ. A lot of times people do things, but we have to reason and find out what's the motivation as to why. A lot of people were preaching during Paul's imprisonment, and they were preaching for various reasons. Paul said, to add to my bonds, a lot of them were preaching the gospel a lot of them preach so there's an underlying motive or purpose or perspective from which they're looking at in which they're preaching the word of god and only god knows those things that's why we have to be a spiritual people not that we can examine anyone's motives or not but god needs to give us discernment to be able to avoid these preachers to avoid these teachers he says, "Should not the shepherds feed the flock?" He says, "You eat the fat, the choices of meat, and clothe yourself with the wool. You slaughter the best of the livestock, but you do not feed the flock." So, this is a wealthy, wealthy pastorate, a shepherd's a people that's feeding on the best. The things, just like the Laodicean, the they didn't like anything, and there are a lot of congregations today that shepherd, uh, the leader of the, whatever the televangelist or whatever he may be, the pastor whoever it is and they're asking for, well I need a new jet and I need more money and we need money for this and they constantly supplying because these people are not thinking about the flock, they're thinking about that they have wealthy sports celebrities, actors lawyers, doctors, people of modest and more than modest beings that are giving and thinking that godliness is gain and thinking that doing the right thing is the blind leading the blind and all of this were occurring in Israel just like it's occurring in the church nowadays and so God was voicing through Isaiah about these shepherds, these leaders that were blind and not warning that were taking advantage of his flock they were hirelings, hirelings for the sheep. We read in the book of John where he talks about the hireling, the 10th chapter, the 12th verse, he says, but the hired man, one who merely serves for wages, who gets paid a salary. A lot of churches, are in the, when they apply for, have an advertisement looking for a pastor, a minister, they broadcast how much they pay him, and, how many benefits, and they pay us insurance and a book allowance and allowances for these things. So these are just hirelings. Someone comes in, not necessarily that they have attachment to the flock or whatever, but they have attachment to their salaries, to their income. This is a business-like proposition for them. He says, who is neither the shepherd nor the owner of the sheep, when he sees the wolf coming, deserts the flock and runs away. And the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. So they don't have a vested interest in the sheep. It's not that God put them over a shepherd foal, it's that man put them over the shepherd foal. They are a hireling, and if they don't get a certain number of conversions a month or throughout a year or whatever, they get another one they hire someone else who can do a better job or whatever. And that's the way the figuring and, and the way the world conducts business in the church nowadays. That's why I say my people love to have it this way. This is something the churches start operating as the world does. Yes. A false prophet, a false teacher also may not be in the business of foretelling the future. He's not necessarily foretelling the future or whatever, but he is speaking scripture and talking scripture whether he twisting it or not. Uh, understand what he's saying, because that's the point where he says that they're stupid, that they're ignorant, that they're blind. They lack an understanding of the proper perspective. A false prophet or teacher is simply someone who speaks for another, but speaks falsely. That's not speaking the right thing. That's not delivering the correct message. That's not making it perfectly clear. That does not add clarity to it. If someone's blind or can't see, they want clarity to a situation. They want to see it clearly to be able to understand. False prophets or teachers either speak for the wrong God or they claim to have heard from the true God but they do not accurately represent him or his words. It's like Balaam. He was relaying only what God said it wasn't what Balak wanted to hear. But Balaam, as a false prophet, he knew he could only speak as what God say speak. But nine, this day and time, Jesus had warned us about the false Christ and the false prophets. Because as Pop Peter said about those with Paul, they twist Paul's words to their own destruction. So we have to be careful of the words we hear. We have to be careful of the preachers and the teachers. And we have to go back and examine it as good barriers to see whether those things be so. Yes. Whether it's challenging our understanding of what it is or whether it's challenging or causing doubt within us. Because, like I said, we have to be studying the Word of God. Yes. We have to be praying to God that he sends someone that clarity and clarity and make it alive in us that that he would make that our necessary food but that he would give us the discernment to discern between right and wrong good and evil and to be able to choose life yes. so we we're, we're, we're shouldn't allow ourselves to be blinded and then fault the preacher or the minister for that yes, at the very least they speak out of their own human hearts but more likely the God that they are speaking for really is a demon and people that's how we worship demons because they hadn't been repent, they hadn't repented and they have a demonic influence and they have a, 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 a spirit of the world. They have seducing spirits. They may have the spirit of Jezebel of covetousness or whatever the spirit may be. Why God says, try the spirit to see whether it be of God. Yes. We we can't just go to sleep, come in the church and fall asleep, and we take Christianity different than we take anything else in the world, not knowing it has to be treated differently than anything else in the world, because it's so important, and it's really not as easy as people make it to be. Even though God makes it easy, Jesus Christ makes it easy for us, but it's, it's a battle, it, it's a struggle, it's suffering involved, and it's denial a sacrifice involved. In. A false prophet with his covetousness and presumption and self-will is more likely to end up spending a good t- deal of time talking about himself. And one of the things about preaching and seminaries and things they try to tell you, try not to make yourself the center of every illustration or what's being said. I, I may have a fault, fault, a flaw there that I don't use enough illustrations about other things or whatever. Hopefully, the Lord would cause my ministry to be able to use better illustrations. One preacher, teacher I know that uses good illustrations. I'm not particularly endorse it, that preacher or teacher, but Tony Evans, I like a lot of his illustrations. He, he's good at presenting illustrations or whatever, and that's what I, I'm saying about that, that he does have vivid illustrations that people can relate to, and that's a good thing for preachers to have illustrations that could bring home a point they're trying to introduce and not making themselves... And it seems more narcissistic when he's always the hero he's always the one that they're building up instead of lifting up Christ or using some other example. False prophets like Balaam are essentially in it for money, and so they will do what is necessary to ensure that the money or the gold keeps coming in. That's their focus is what I'm doing to increase revenue for the church which increases revenue in my pocket. Mm-hmm. That's why when Judas said about the woman with the alabaster box of perfume that he says, well, this money should have been used and put in the treasury. Mm-hmm. He said that because he was stealing from the treasury. A lot of people's concern and the projects and things that they pushed for the church and people push a lot on the church growing or whatever because as the church grows their salaries and their benefits grow. As they get over more people and have more people coming in it's gain that they're looking at. Not necessarily the purpose of the church is building and edifying Christ and the people of the church Presenting them before God without a spot or a wrinkle, trying to help them find their place and purpose in life and to grow dependent upon Jesus Christ and independent of man. This should give us some general clues about false ministers. There are tares among the wheat in God's service, but we know that there's a reason God has them there. And it's to make those manifest that are approved of God. It sets it out against a a good background. It's like a meat cutter. When they cut meat or whatever, you go to a meat market or whatever, where that meat's placed on top of green paper or something. It makes the contrast differently. If you go to a jewelry store or whatever, those diamonds and everything are not just placed in a plastic uh, glass case they have a black cloth or something that they're laying on top of to bring out a better contrast, a better viewing of the, of the jewels. Oh, yes. Many false preachers are avarice, and that is they're greedy for gain, they're insatiable. They have an insatiable lust, whether it's for sex, money, food, whatever it is, they do everything to, to the excess. That word avarice is greedy of gain. Here, Isaiah calls them greedy. But that greedy of of gain, excessive, acquisitive, especially in seeking to hoard riches. So they want to acquire. A lot of people like acquiring property, acquiring homes or land or whatever it may be, the acquisition of wealth. And the gathering or hoarding of stuff. That's why the rich young ruler he had much wealth and much stuff. And Jesus said, Well, give away some of that stuff. Give give it to the poor. Sell what you have and give it to the poor and come follow me, because your eyes not single, your eyes on something else. There's something blocking your vision of me. notice that Isaiah, he couldn't preach the gospel. He wasn't able to see God, see the train of the Lord fill the temple until the year Uzziah died. Now I don't know Uzziah, they say Isaiah was in the court and so he may have had relatives or known someone or had close ties to the king's court. Maybe that came through Uzziah. But we know it was in the year Uzziah died that Isaiah saw the train of the Lord, the appearance, and that's when his commission came. Sometimes it's not till our parent or someone is moved out of our lives until we can see God. That which we depend on, that idol or that thing that's blocking the view of God. They see serving God's people as a means of profitable they, that, That's That's what they view they are not serving God's people to serve as that's that's what they are made for and that's what they enjoy doing and that's their purpose and the vocation of life. But they see it as a means to an, to an end. Yes. Many are inconsiderate. Their ministry is more about them and their desires than the true deeds of the flock. Instead of preaching to feed the flock and the flock's needs and praying to God that God would help him to introduce his word with simplicity and meaning and growth and feed the flock of God their word it's a self-turned ministry upon their ambitions and upon their gain upon their pleasure many are spiritually weak that is They have a form of godliness. They look the part. It is like he told Samuel. God told Samuel. Look not on the outward form. Not looking. A lot of people may look like Saul. Or or whatever that was a preacher. That looks standing and charismatic. In in the appearance of him. Or whatever. Uh, Have a family. A a disposition. Or look like that. That is a ministry of God. But. Don't be fooled by form only. He says they have a form of godliness but not but denying the power thereof in Second Timothy 3.5. They merely go through the motions of godly works. And I think about a lot in the Republican Party, a lot that parades Christianity or whatever, but they're full of hypocrisy. Mm, yeah. They are actors and, it, and it's nothing there but a shell. They're using God as a facade. To get into the people, oh, yeah. the apostles Peter and Jude expound on other elements of false ministers in their book Second Peter and Jude five through nineteen. I printed Second Peter, the second chapter, in the Amplified version. Like I say, I print different versions at time for y'all, not knowing whether y'all have one of those or not. But I know everybody more than. Likely has a version of the King James Bible, so I printed that chapter out in the Amplified version. But Second Peter is really that's what it's about—the false prophets and false teachers. It's a great warning to the people. Second Peter and Second Peter and Jude kind of seems to be following similar text, but after you get within it even though the themes seem the same, they cover the issue differently. They cover the issues a little bit differently. The book of Acts when Paul was about to leave and he was out with the people I think Agabus and a lot of the prophets and things was there. Paul saying it was the last time he was to see or be with the people. Acts the 20th chapter and the 29th verse he says, I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. That the people, whoever in charge after Paul died out and left, as I was telling you, we need to get people in to train them up to, for, to carry on the church or whatever. But as I was saying, even today, one of the greater problems is the threat not from without the church, it's the threat within the church. Just like I was telling people years ago, several years back when Obama was the president, that the problem, that the Arab Spring was going eventually move toward the United States and the problem with the United States wasn't going to be with other nations or whatever The problem was going to be within the United States. This was going to be a division within the nation itself. And we see there today that this is a divided nation. That the problem is national Christianity and other things within the nation that's dividing the nation. That it's not truly a Christian nation as a lot of people had preached and taught. But there are a lot of God-fearing people within the nation albeit though a lot of them may not have the knowledge of God or may be not taught correctly. They've been led by the blind, and the foundation has been laid to where Christianity is tied up with pagan holidays such as Christmas and Easter and all of these other things and having religion full of a lot of man-made traditions and values within it. So Paul says after he let, left, grievous wolves would enter in. Yeah. That's what I was saying about, you know, the Republicans talk about the liberals and the Democrats, yeah. but I, I see the greatest danger is within the Republican Party to the so-called family values, the so-called military strength uh uh, but we see where the problem lies in there, and we've seen a, a fight last week where yeah. the Speaker of the House was displaced. But those factions must come to be so you can see who's who and what's what. But God's people, the the true people of God, the true Bereans that study God's word and follow God, they see this thing it. God is anointing their eyes mm-hmm. through the instrumentality in which I told you would be through the studying of his word, praying to him and living a practical Christian, God-fearing life, God would give you sight. He gives, Jesus Christ gives sight to the blind. So God's people are becoming sighted. The light is being increased. It's growing steadily and we can steadily see the judgment of God. So Paul said, I know that after I'm gone, that is, false teachers that are like ferocious wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. That's where they will take the biggest advantage of to unlearn sheep. In other words, people coming in that. They're teaching that gain is godliness. They're teaching about prosperity. They're teaching these people because that's what the people love. That's where the focus is, is on money. Yes. Yes. He says, even from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse and distorted things to draw away disciples after themselves because they love the, about money and riches and wealth because they hadn't been preached repentance and turning away from self and self-denial and self-sacrifice and suffering because those are taboos to preach to the false prophet and the false teacher because those don't get the big crowds. Right. Right. So those are dogs that won't bark. Right. They're not warning the people. Mm. Mm. Second Peter 12 and Jude one relates to that ninth verse, what I was telling you, that he said the devouring beast, that the beast would devour. So these ferocious wolves, these are the devouring beast. The governmental systems that are rising in this nation and within the world, these are the beasts. Sometimes governments are called beasts. So the, this is the nature of a lot of men within Christianity, a lot of men that's within the world in the political environs. Second Peter says it this way. It says, but chiefly, them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. We had that thing what it was, where they, January 6th, where they, had a a, a thing where they rioted at the Capitol and wanted to overthrow democracy. That they was going to put their candidate in or whatever. These people despise government. We see people wanting to shut the government down and despise, if I can't have it my way it can't be anyway. It says they despise government. Presumptuous are they. Self-will they are not the afraid to speak evil of dignities. I have never seen a time in U.S. history where people are so disrespectful of others. Mm. There's no civility among the political nor religious leaders. Mm. It used to be a time that they would do things in a civil manner. But all that's gone now. Michael, archangel, when disputing with Satan about the body of Moses, does not bring a railing accusation against him. Mm. We, have to, we have to learn these things to be people of God, to be leaders and good teachers of our children. If our children see us doing these things, and disrespect and authority and those that have power over us, they will do the same. We're not going to be able to control our homes. That's why the family unit is the way it is today. The Amplified Version says, But these false teachers, like unreasoning animals, mere creatures of instinct, born to be captured and destroyed, reviling things they do not understand, will also perish in their own corruption, and destroying, they will be destroyed. They will be destroyed. So we know these things is coming about. So we have to see... And our eyes are being opened so we won't be some of the ones that are blind and we won't follow the blind. We won't be those giving power to them. If you're giving your money and your resources and time, if you're giving your presence to their campaigns and protests and at their rallies and things, you're giving power to that. Yes. Yes. These people give power to the beast. The Bible tells us they will give power to the beast, they would give it the ability. To rise up and do these things, oh, yes. the Living Version says. But false teachers are fools, no better than animals. They do whatever they feel like, born only to be caught and killed. They laugh at the terrifying powers of the underworld, which they know so little about, and they will be destroyed along with all the demons and powers of hell. Yes. So that's that's where the prayers of imprecations come in with David. Pray, because it has to be a time when God's judicial punishment upon the evil doers has started to be carried out. Mm-hmm. We have to see these things fall by starting to use the rod, use the sword. Yeah. These divisions that shall come, it's time that this be manifest. Mm-hmm. So I see where the progressive Democrats and the so Paul calls socialistic Democrats. Yeah, it's time for them to rise up before they get bulldozed over and underpowered. Yes, it is. Yes. So the nation, this confusion has to come about. And we know God's going to bring order out of chaos because he's creating a new world order. He's creating a new world. He's creating a new creation. There's a new work that God's doing. When Paul was being summoned to uh, a council, and they were trying to get at Paul and Paul said some things because he seen there were Sadducees and Pharisees present, and he knew the Sadducees didn't believe in a resurrection, but the pharisees. Believe in the resurrection. So he says he believed in the resurrection. And that got the Pharisees and Pharisees. Yeah. These people has to be after their own throats. We see that where the Republicans after, are after each other now. Yeah, a, yeah. So that, that's the place you want to be where the devil, his house is divided against itself. Yeah. You want to preach that the truth would come out. Oh, yeah. You remember that strong delusion I said where people believe a lie they go believe those things that they've been walking after. The book of Jude, the ten verse says, But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beast. Jude calls them brute beast. Yes. And those things they corrupt themselves. But these men, uh the amplified version says, But these men sneer at anything which they do not understand. And whatever they do know by mere instinct, like unreasoning and irrational beast, by these things they are destroyed. So both yeah. versions calls them beasts here. They, mm-hmm. King James calls them brute beast. also. Mm-hmm. They're stupid. They're blind. They lack understanding. And this is what's going to bring about their destruction. They're just like Pharaoh. God had created them for that purpose to see, for us to see an example of why people are being destroyed. God could have just judged the world and brought about a new, but what would be better if I tell you and make accusations against my neighbor and say, man, this guy beats his wife. This guy shoots drugs. This guy does all these things or whatever. If I just sit back and let you see him cheating on his wife. Let you see him doing drugs. Let you see the life that he's living. Yes, that's the, best, that's the best scenario. Mm-hmm. So with our eyes as we see, and he says, as I see, I judge. Yes, Judgment is left to the house of God. He said, we shall judge queen, kings and queens. We mm-hmm. should judge the world. Yes, Saints shall judge the world. It is not necessarily their minds and their ideas that are driving them. Mm-hmm. These brute big beasts, the irrationality. It's not that they have the mind of Christ. That it's a difference of opinion here. It's just that they had never been converted. Mm-hmm. It's they have an old heart in what's in a man's go come out. They hadn't been converted. That's why he told Isaiah. Shut up. Don't, don't preach this because unless they hear with their ears, see with their eyes, and understand and be converted, and I heal them. God with withholds all that from them because they're not of his people. They're not going to be converted. Destruction has been, he says, let those that are destined for the sword go to the sword. He says, what are driving them? Their bodies, their God is their bellies, their se- sensual desires. A lot of people have desires and lust. That's where the warring and the ravages come from. Those insatiable lust, yes, Jesus. those deep cravings, those greediness, and they want these lust saturated in some way. Solomon talked about that, that he couldn't fulfill those lusts. Solomon went down a path where all life seemed to him to be vanity and vexation of spirits because he had lost a bearing or he he had lost contact with God. God had warned him that those foreign wives and that his women was going to take his heart away from him. And they say as Solomon grew old his wives, those women drew his heart away from God because he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And he says, in all that, he didn't find a good woman. Maybe you blinded. The problem lies within, not without it. If the, if the eye is dark, the whole body is dark. Yes. It is not just eating, drinking, sex, and similar carnal needs. But also the base desires that that men have for gain, for not standing atop the pack, for glory and prestige. All of these things drive people. That power, that pride, the prestige of of, of doing this. The of being, now there there's a supposedly a house fight for the leadership, with Steve Scalise going against Jordan. Uh, whatever, Jim Jordan and uh, the, the, the Representative from Ohio, I think it is, and former President Trump endorsed Jordan or whatever. But who cares about all of this? I think the whole kid and is corrupt. There's no good guy in this. There's no better end. These false teachers are letting their animal nature get the best of them. First Timothy 6, 3-5 says, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he's proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmising, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, destitute of the truth, supposing that gainless gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself, yes. but godliness is contentment with great gain. Mm. So mm. we see that there's no fulfilling of these people and he tell you, avoid. Them. Yes. Withdraw yes. yourself from them. All of these characteristics that just mentioned mm. all of these characteristics lie within mm. them And that's something the spirit has to change. That's something that the word washes away. But they're disobedient. They're irrational, brute beasts, so this won't be accomplished in them. You didn't see Jesus wrestling, trying to convert the Pharisees. Mm -mm. The Pharisees was a lost spiritual cause. They were spiritual adulterers. They were spiritual idolaters. So, you have to learn what battles to fight, and God shows you. He opens your eyes. You're no longer blinded if you listen to Jesus Christ and follow his word. But I say a lot of people are willingly blind because they're disobedient to the word. You ask them, well, what does the word say on this issue? Yeah, but I feel I can... They can do. Not what you feel. Not what you think. What do... The words say, let's follow the word, yeah. this sure word of prophecy, the word of God. The Amplified reads, if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine and teaching, which is in agreement with godliness, personal integrity and upright behavior, he is conceited and woefully ignorant. Mm. They're ignorant. He keeps telling you these people are ignorant. When someone is ignorant, how can you get through? They're ignoring what's being said. They're rebellious. They're rejecting what's being said. They understand nothing. If a man is dull of understanding, how can you make it clear to him? If his understanding is dull. He has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words, which produces envy, quarrels, verbal abuse, evil suspicions, and perpetual friction between men who are corrupted in mind and deprived of the truth, who think that godliness is a source of profit, that is a lucrative money-making business, Withdraw from those type people. They see the church as a cash cow. They see tithes and offerings and the things of this. This is a money maker here. Their their eyes have been blinded by mammon, the God of this world. You can't serve mammon and God. He says, but godliness actually is a source of great gain when accompanied by contentment. That contentment comes with which comes from a sense of inner confidence based on the sufficiency of God. So if you seek seeking first the kingdom of God, all of these things will be added unto you. So you could get wealth if that's what you're seeking, the kingdom of God. That's what Solomon, God gave Solomon wealth and all these things because he asked God to show him how to lead the people, how to come in and go out. But Solomon wasn't converted. He wasn't a spiritual man. He was full of worldly wisdom. Yes. yes. Some may deny these things. This is, I think, the living versions. It says, some may deny these teachings, these things, but they are the sound, wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ and are the foundations for a godly life. Anyone who says anything different is both proud and stupid. He is quibbling over the meaning of Christ's words and stirring up arguments, ending in jealousy and anger, which only leads to name-calling, accusations, and evil suspicions. These augurers, their minds warped by sin, don't know how to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. To tell the good news of the go- of the gospel is just a means of making money. Yes. It's just a means of them growing and they're finished their going. Now Paul describes false teachers saying in these verses what Paul is telling Timothy that they are conceited and they have an unnatural craving for arguments. Uh, and that's what they want to do, debate and argue over things about words and argue about parsing words together and what versions of the Bible and all of these little old things. Mm-hmm. It's it's a problem. God is not the author of confusion. They are theorists who waste time in futile academic disputes on exercises and sabbatics. And you'd have heard of the conspiracy theorists. And there's a lot of, of QAnon and a lot of organizations. I think they've sued this guy, Jones, or whatever, that I didn't forget. Alex Jones or whatever Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people with theories and conspiracies and and everything all of these things causing problems and now they have brought brought those somatics into religion Mm -hmm. that's why I say you have to be careful of the Christian nationalists Mm -hmm. because they've introduced these things up dividing churches now God instructs that these characteristics are not a sign of good spiritual health. Hmm. That's why he tells us, and he was saying in the book of Matthew, you can tell a tree by the fruit it bears. Yes. Look at its followers as his disciples or what comes about as of this person's actions and what follows these individuals. Yes. Out of this kind of thinking come envy, abuses, speech, evil suspicions, and all of these other warped things, he says. So he consistently warns us against false teachers. There's no winning them over. There's no gaining the false teachers. So he warns you of them. Mm-hmm. We're to avoid strife and all of this contention and confusion. Yes. Matthew 5:19 says, So whatever breaks one of, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever practices and teaches them, he will be great in the kingdom of heaven. So we keep His commandments. We keep the word of God, so nobody come to tell me, all oh, his commandments have been done away with. not one jot, not one till shall disappear from the law to all be fulfilled. You may not understand the law. You might not understand his Sabbath. You might not understand what covetousness is. You may not understand of what these things are. Mm-hmm. They go against the commandment about do not kill or whatever. Now they've erased the death penalty. No one the murder is so rampant in this nation there's not a deterrent. Mm-hmm. But if you take man's life, if you kill Man should kill you. God had gave it, given the government that authority of the power to wield the sword. In the Old Testament days, they had the avenger of blood or whatever. But he is given in the New Testament, we see the government with that power authority. Yes. Yeah. And now that we have so much gun violence, the United States is the largest criminal nation in the world. There's more crime and there's so much fear. That's what the politicians run on. Fear. Yes. But they run the private prisons and they rule in the courts and everything. So it's it's they're feeding the monster, and they are the monster that they're feeding. Matthew fifteen and nine says, But in vain they do worship me, for they teach us doctrine, the precepts of men. The Amplified says, Their worship is worthless for they teach their man made laws instead of those from God. So, as the wealthy, as the Christian, so called Christian people have taken over, they have only made it worse. God hadn't designed that we would come in and do these things. That's the depravity of man that's doing these things. 1 Timothy 1 and 7 says, Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. The Amplified says, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand the terms, they use other subjects about which they make such confident declarations. Yes. And they talk about, I, I don't want it to be a. Gender issue about male and female or whatever, but we got some House of Representative men and women that came in, and, and they're just virtually stupid. Mm. It's no laws or anything. That, the things that they, it doesn't make sense. That I don't even follow the news anymore, like I used to. I don't follow politics or anything because it's all saying that God needs to burn it all down. He needs to burn it down. I'm not looking forward to voting this, voting in this election that's coming up next weekend. I I don't, I don't know. I, let me not speak of my personal issues or whatever you may or who I should declare or whatever. First Timothy four and two says, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. So all of them are speaking, and they're nothing but lies. It's a hypocritical nation. The people have, have people that they're, they're silent in a way of having knowledge, but they're loud in, in what they're saying, having no knowledge. They come from the abusas, in other words, a place of no knowledge. They, they're not talking in a knowledgeable way, so they're loud really saying things but not saying anything. But the Holy Spirit explicitly and unmistakably declares that in latter times some will turn away from the faith, paying attention instead to deceitful and seductive spirits and doctrines of demons, misled by the hypocrisy of liars whose consciences are seared as with a branding iron, leaving them incapable of ethical functioning. That's the Amplified Version. The Living Version says, but the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time, some in the church will turn away from Christ and become eager followers of teachers with devil-inspired ideas. These teachers will tell lies with straight faces and do it so often that their conscience won't even bother them anymore. Mm. 1 Timothy 6 and 3. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and with the doctrine and teaching which is in agreement with godliness and personal integrity, have nothing to do with them, avoid them. Mm. Okay. Okay. Second Timothy 4 and 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, heaped teachers having Itching ears. That's what I was talking about, those itching ears are not here. Uh, The Amplified reads in that. All of these are consistent warnings and teachers. And I just took a a small sampling of it out. Mm. But the biggest issue in the church is from within the church. We have to be careful. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction. That challenges them with God's truth, but wanting to have their ills tickled, that's the word I was trying to find, having their ills tickled with something pleasing, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors that they hold. That's why they listen at so many televangelists, and they don't even go to church or whatever, yes. so that they could hear this preacher and that preacher. Because none of it's consistent teaching, yes. none of it's the whole Word of God. Yes. They pick and choose, and you following those that you could cut off at any time or change, cause you making a God in your image and you know, he mentioned likeness, and you could discard that part that you don't like or that you don't want to hear preached on. Yes. The living says, for there is going to come a time when people won't listen to the truth, but go around looking for teachers who will tell them just what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Titus one ten through 11. Now, Titus was a strong preacher. He was stronger than Timothy. That's why they sent him, Paul sent him to the island of Crete where the liars was. You Remember, Crete was full of liars. Yes. That's a... That's well of the Philistines. I don't know if that's where they originated from or whatever. But for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially those they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. Mm -hmm. That's Titus 10 through the 11th verse. The Amplified reads, For there are many rebellious men who who are empty talkers, they are just windbags and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, those Jews who insist the Gentiles, believers must keep and be circumcised and keep the law in order to be saved. They must be silenced because they are upsetting whole families by teaching things that they should not teach for the purpose of dishonest financial gain. One of them, Eponidas, A certain Cretan, a prophet of their own mind of their own, said that Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons, and that's what he called the Cretans. For there, the living says, for there are many who refuse to obey. This is especially true among those who say all Christians must obey the Jewish laws, but this is foolish talk. It blinds men's people's eyes to the truth, and it must be stopped. Already whole families have been turned away from the grace of God. Such teachers are only after money. Yes. And this is the last one that we'll go over from 2 Peter 2 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, mm-hmm. who privately shall bring in damnable hearsays even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift swift destruction. The Amplified reads, but in those days, false prophets arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will subtly introduce destructive hearsays, even denying the master who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon them they will cleverly tell their lies about God turning against the master who brought them. So we see here that in the New Testament and throughout the Old, you've been warned about the false prophets and that their work and that they are very dangerous. And today that's the biggest battle where the preachers are going to be God's preachers are going to be warning and pointing out the false prophets. And it's not going to stand because God's going to do the fighting, that God's going to bring the death. He's going to bring judgment upon these and he's going to make these decisions. And that's what the church has to do in boldness and look for those that's going to stand shoulder to shoulder with us and fight this fight. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Fathers, we come.